Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each week, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, and on our website at ProChoiceOhio.org. The program also airs each Friday morning at 9 on WGRN 94.1 in Columbus, Ohio. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL ProChoice Ohio. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Jamie. I'm Kelly. <sighs> They're protesting Trump in Toledo today. Yes. Sorry, were you going to say something better than that? I was just going to say we're <laughs> back from the holiday break. But... Yes, and and right into it. Cause yes, right into it. <laughs> they're protesting Trump in Toledo today. Woohoo! You know, without <sighs> capitalism, we'd all be at home enjoying tea and spinning yarn, but here we are. Right. I don't think office. I'd be spinning yarn. I would. <laughs> Is that how you spent your break? Yes. <laughs> nice. Are we all going to get like hats or mittens out of this? Bold of you to assume that I will make things with my own yarn. <laughs> You're just going to make yarn and collect yarn. Shelves yeah. of yarn. <laughs> Did you see the inside of my craft cabinet? There's a lot of yarn. I, I didn't notice it. Um, well, Kelly's craft mistake. museum. It's big. <laughs> that big cube in the corner is my craft cabinet. House of yarn. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a yarn store in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a very good place. Through Nashville. You you should make some hats and gloves for the people in Toledo who are protesting Trump today. <laughs> yes, they deserve it. Good job, Gabe, with trying to keep us on task. <laughs> uh, Trump's just, I mean, he's always been bad. Did you watch the thing yesterday? Why no. Would I, why would I purposely subject myself to that? We were actually doing work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was not. I was watching Trump <laughs> and well, his I mean, Adderall it's, sniffles. It's probably a good thing that you know to figure out whether or not we're going into world war three so or know. if our president is on drugs which i think he is i mean yeah, yeah maybe but yeah i, I don't know i mean he's i mean it's obvious it's hilarious because like so many of the political like pundits around and everything when they list off like battleground states ohio is no longer one of those ones that they just automatically list off it's more like pennsylvania and wisconsin and minnesota and those kinds of places right trump seems to think ohio is a (laughs) battleground state because i feel like that person is here like a week once a week Yeah. yeah he was in cincinnati not too long ago Oh, he's in Toledo today. He never comes to Columbus. His, his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, was in Columbus. I don't want that. Yesterday. Um, right. yesterday. I, I was like, that. wow, we got like, we didn't even get the son. We got the daughter-in-law. I mean, we wouldn't want that son, but you know. Right. <laughs> she probably speaks more coherent sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're all here constantly. Yes. Yay, so election year. It um, would feel really good if Ohio... Uh, did not go for Trump. I'm just saying it would it would be very nice. But it's I, work I don't. to make that happen. What's <laughs> well, the goal? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the event up in Toledo, um, which is at five o'clock today. I don't know that this podcast will make it uh, <laughs> to your ears before five p.m. today. But uh, hosted by uh, a great group of our friends, um, we're busy with other stuff, so we weren't a part of it. But um, keep abortion safe and legal in Toledo. Capital care clinic escorts. Um, Planned Parenthood Advocates of Ohio, a bunch of other um, peace coalitions, leftist events, Beyond the Bomb, uh, really, you know, terrific groups um, are showing up today. They got some nice press before the event. They were on yeah, TV, the, you know, 
the week before, which is you're really doing something good when you make the news before your protest. Um, so way to go, everybody in Toledo who's uh, <laughs> showing good opposition to this warmongering Adderall addict. I will give a shout out to Capital Care. Uh, their escorts have the best signs. They are true artists up there. They really are. Yes. Yay, Kristen. Yay, Kristen. <laughs> Um, so that, that's good. Cause I mean, he, he needs to be opposed. He needs to be removed from office. Um, I, I thought it was eye opening. We were watching, uh, Maddow last night and they had, uh, the Republican Senator from Utah oh, yeah. who was livid at how the Trump administration is treating the Republican members of the U S Senate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you expected that out of Rand Paul cause he just hates every military incursion everywhere, but to see... The, the Utah senator who's usually like Trump's like biggest fan out there saying it was the worst. Hatch? No, it was the s- junior senator from Utah. I can't remember his name. Mike Lee. There it is. Oh, that's why I wouldn't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> it was very bland. generic. Yes. But yeah, I mean, he was saying how it was the worst military briefing they had had in nine years. His nine years as senator. Yeah. I mean, so go Trump, I guess. <laughs> Race to the bottom. Uh, the the one senator we need to be speaking in opposition to Donald Trump uh, is Rob Portman. And Good deafening silence, <laughs> you know. Uh, Portman signed on to an amicus brief um, in June v. Gee, which is the new case that we're all watching out of Louisiana. Yes. Uh, 207 members of Congress signed on to this brief supporting um, using the case to end abortion access. Yeah, overturn row. What is the case actually about? It's a... <sighs> it's it's a rehearing of what we already won in Texas, yeah. essentially. It's oh, basically cool. a direct challenge to whole women's health. What? Okay. <laughs> so yeah so i mean if if the court were being consistent with how they ruled in whole women's health they would rule this law unconstitutional and throw it out but, but they are hearing it yes march cool. <laughs> like first week of march i think um is when the hearing date is and it also has a really interesting to get really super in the weeds for a second a really interesting and really scary interesting side piece to it in the fact that um, to this point doctors and clinics have been able to like have standing even though it's not their right to have an abortion that's constitutionally guaranteed it's the patient's right and so part of what they're challenging in this case too is the ability for clinics and doctors to stand in the place of their patients and advocate for their constitutional rights through the court process. So if that, but if as a patient, you decide to be in the case, court cases go much longer than pregnancies tend to. Well, I mean, the row pregnancy was like, (laughs) I think over a year, it was a baby over the age of one by the time that case was actually ruled on. So yes. So it's very difficult to find an individual patient to put their name on something, even if they can be kept anonymous through like a row kind of naming. But yeah, so beyond just the Holman's health and admitting privileges piece and those kinds of pieces of the case, the whole standing argument and whether or not clinics and doctors can stand in court for their patients and advocate for their patients' rights is another big, 
huge side piece to this case as well and could really impact how these cases move forward. Great. <clears throat> you mentioned admitting privileges. That was the question that we got directly from uh, the reporter with the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Sabrina Eaton. She asked, you know, Ohio has transfer agreements. This case mentions admitting privileges. Aren't those kind of the same thing? Would this directly affect Ohio's existing law? The answer to that is no. For some reason, and so like if you're like Jane Doe on the street, having to have admitting privileges or having to have a transfer agreement sounds very similar because... I mean, isn't a variance having admitting privileges? Yes, a variance for the transfer agreement is definitely having admitting privileges, but the transfer agreement itself is an agreement between the hospital and the clinic, not the hospital and a doctor. And although functionally they function exactly identically the same hospitals deny admitting privileges to abortion providers because they don't want to get involved in abortion debates hospitals deny transfer agreements to abortion clinics because they don't want to get involved in the abortion debate i mean it's the it's the exact same impact and how it all functions but the courts for some reason have treated these two things very very differently um in the courts so holman's health you know said that these admitting privileges were an unconstitutional undue burden in previous cases that Ohio has tried on our transfer agreements, that had not been the case. Although there is one pending in Cincinnati um, federal court that has not had hearings or has not gone through any processes at this point, re-challenging that after Whole Woman's Health to see if the court would rule differently. That's interesting because it seems like getting (laughs) admitting privileges, at least in Ohio, seems easier than getting a transfer agreement. And yet it's admitting privileges that are an undue burden. Well, I think part of the difference between Ohio does admitting privileges through the variance is that the doctors that sign on to the variances are not the provider at the clinic 98% of the time. And in the admitting privileges laws, it's the doctor who is the doctor performing the procedures that has to have the admitting privileges. Okay. And so part of the problem with that is if you don't admit enough patients, hospitals won't give you admitting privileges because they can't track. Oh, so if you're good how, at your job. Yeah. So because they can't like see how you interact with patients and evaluate how you function if you're not admitting, admitting patients to the hospital. So if you don't admit enough patients to the hospital, you lose your admitting privileges. So... If you're doing a procedure like abortion, which does not result in any, in most cases, admissions to the hospital, if any, very few, then it's nearly impossible to get these admitting privileges from the hospital. So in Ohio, where they're using backup doctors, these doctors are admitting patients for pregnancy and giving birth and all those kinds of things. So the admitting privileges are a little easier to get in those cases, although we have heard from people that in some cases they feared losing their admitting privileges if they did sign on to a variance for a clinic. So, yeah. Uh, So the amicus brief uh, that was signed on to supporting uh, the evil side in this case, uh, in addition to being signed by Senator Rob Porterman, uh, Steve Shabbat, Warren Davidson, Jim Jordan, Mike Turner, Brad Wenstrup, Bill Johnson, Anthony Gonzalez, Troy Balderson, Bob Latta, and Bob Gibbs all signed on. Boy, that's a list of 
spectacular human being in air quotes um dave joyce did not sign on he said that he just doesn't sign on to amicus briefs although we're pretty sure dave joyce is yes, not a fan not a fan steve stivers uh did not sign on um stivers uh has had a solidly anti-choice record uh since he was a, a state senator here in ohio um and of course all of our democratic members of the ohio congressional delegation uh are are uh, uh you know not signing on to this no um there's only one of the two ohio senators on that list (laughs) right uh dave yost signed on to a separate attorney general letter of course he did uh yost is continuing to use his position as ohio's attorney general to interfere in in this case women in louisiana seeking abortion (laughs) um he doesn't following in mike dewine's esteemed footsteps in that case right um So uh, one other note that um, I didn't realize until the Dayton Daily News pointed it out, June V. Gee, the Gee is Rebecca Gee, who's the daughter of E. Gordon Gee, the former (laughs) president of the Ohio State University. Interesting. Um, She was, uh, she was, uh, uh, she's got a gynecological uh, Mm. career history, um, but now she works for the Louisiana Department of Health. Um, as you know, whatever you know, administrator you have to be to get your name put on a, a you know a case <laughs> to the, the Supreme director Court. of the Department of Health. It's it's not quite that. It's something right below it. Um, uh, but it's did she get to choose to be on this or does she not? No, have to, she's okay. the defendant. Well, well, I meant like. It, I, I have the same question. Is is she on this just because she's the person or is she on this because she stands by the policy? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I would like to know that. Rebecca, answer us. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, she works for the, I mean, in the same way that like, you know, when we do lawsuits, it was the director of the Department of Health. In some cases, it was the interim director who used to be the legal director of the Department of Health whether they were the ones told to sign the piece of paper or they signed it because that's what they believe and they still work for the administration who's doing the thing. So if they opposed the thing, they should not be working in said administration. I would honestly really like to know this because I, you know, I used to really like Gordon Gee when I was at Ohio State. Uh, He was the university president. Um, when I, uh, you know, when I enrolled in that, uh, uh, college, um, I and, hate my current university president. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the current <laughs> university president, we can have conversations. With. Oh no, I'm talking about my university, I know. <laughs> but we could. There, there's been a lot of things that, uh, have really made me, you know, question what sort of leadership, uh, Gordon Gee had. And so to <laughs> now see this awful case, um, have it his, colors your perspective. It really does, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm 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 honestly personally pretty disappointed <laughs> that she is um, the gee in this. And if she doesn't stand by this point of view, then it'd be really great for her to say so. So, <laughs> um, and you know, I think she has a lot of friends here in Ohio that would honestly like to know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it's worth asking. We could ask as an Ohio organization <laughs> and a daughter of Ohio. <laughs> uh, On the bureaucrats doing their jobs and right. closing down clinics note, it's <laughs> a nice little transition to the next topic we have for today. Go for it. So um, as frequent listeners know, we fought a battle in Dayton for 
I don't know, four years or something like that. Um, and finally one to keep that clinic open by getting a fourth doctor onto the variance application for the clinic, um, kind of forcing the Ohio Department of Health's hands in the fact that they had already granted a variance to Planned Parenthood Southwest Ohio because they had four doctors on their variance application. Um, recently, one of the doctors on that variance application for Planned Parenthood Southwest Ohio or PPSWO um, You're talking about the Cincinnati yeah, abortion clinic. The Cincinnati abortion clinic, the only abortion clinic in Cincinnati. Yes. Um, and so one of the doctors is no longer going to be available to be on that variant. So by law, the clinic is required to inform the Department of Health that there is a status change with their variants. So they sent the letter to the Department of Health saying that... But the law doesn't say four doctors are needed. No, one or more. One or more is the law. Oh, cool. (laughs) So at first it was two because, I mean, kind of reasonably. I mean, the law is not reasonable. (laughs) Let's just put that out there. But, like, you know, you need to have one and one to back one up. Like, you could kind of see an argument there if you thought that the law itself was reasonable, which is not. If you actually needed admitting privileges (laughs) to admit a patient to (laughs) a hospital. Because any patient that needed to be transferred would be transferred via an ambulance to or not to the hospital in which this doctor was in. Actually, the case that closed the other clinic in Cincinnati, the Women's Med Center of Cincinnati, was based on the fact that they called the backup to the backup doctor, not the main backup doctor, but another backup doctor because they knew the patient was going to go to the hospital where that other doctor was actually practicing rather than the doctor at a hospital the patient was never going to go to. And so the Department of Health revoked their license because they didn't follow their protocol and call this doctor at another hospital where the patient was never going to go. That's That's what it was? Yeah, that was the beginning of it. And then it just spiraled from there. That was the beginning of the process to revoke the license. Good Lord. Yeah. That was a different clinic in yes. a different time. Yes, different clinic. That clinic has been gone for same a couple of years. But bullshit law. Same BS law showing just how bleep myself. <laughs> just how BS all of this is. Look at me being the one who didn't cuss. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So so yeah, so based on the same BS a PP slow informed yeah informed odh that they are down to three doctors on the variance um application odh responded by saying well we just don't think that's good enough we're revoking your variance which they can do for absolutely no reason the law is actually though the three doctors is above the the legal standard Uh which is still a bs legal standard yes (laughs) I mean, they could do it because the sky is blue today or it's raining outside. Don't like, give them ideas. Yes, I mean, the very, <laughs> the way the law is written is that the director of health has full authority over granting or denying at any point in time a variance application. So um, the director did revoke the variance and informed them that by revoking the variance, she's working now on revoking their license. But they still have a license. But they still have a license. They are still open, just like the case in Dayton took four something years to actually go through the entire process. They are at the very, very beginning of this stage. So the license will stay in place as they continue to fight this um, through. So they can get an administrative hearing and then they can file court cases. There is a long process in front of them that doesn't actually mean that the clinic is endangered. And also they can find a fourth doctor to sign this variance, reapply right. for a new variance, get a new variance and be totally fine like we are in Dayton now. So, so if PP Swo 
finds this new doctor within this 30 days, they just send another letter saying, hey, we got a fourth doctor. Yeah. And then because the going from four doctors to three doctors was the reasoning that the state had, um, that reasoning then goes away. <coughs> the entire yes. situation goes away. Yes, it should. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to like knock if, on wood at this point. If P.P. Swo can recruit a fourth doctor yes. within this 30-day period. All this should period. go away, yes. Although the state of Ohio has 60 days to actually grant the variant, so they would probably have to do some legal maneuvering right. in there somewhere. But yes. Right. So the Columbus Dispatch reported on this with a very alarmist headline saying, <laughs> Cincinnati's <laughs> going to lose their abortion clinic. <sighs> Great way to start the, hol- like the day back in the holidays. <laughs> right? I wasn't even back yet. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Cincinnati Inquirer uh posted a follow-up article which you know from just my point of view these are two separate papers that are now owned by one joint uh publisher yes. and the dispatch article ran in the inquirer under the dispatch reporters byline and so you've got reporters for formerly competing papers that are now essentially sister publications Weird. writing uh, follow-up articles that have entirely different tones. So the follow-up article <laughs> was, well, this is happening, but hold on, there's other things. And important note, and we're very glad that this got pointed out in the Inquirer, mm-hmm. this clinic is still open. It still has a license. Yes. They are legally providing care to patients because they still have a license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole process to this. It is not uh, ODH says something and boom, the clinic closes. That's it is not it is very it funny but that, that Columbus was like, ah, Cincinnati is like, no, no, it's our clinic. It's fine. Come in. <laughs> That's kind of what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, the person making this decision on behalf of the state is Dr. Amy Acton. Yes, the director uh, of health. Yeah. Uh, she was the one who granted the license for Dayton, Mm -hmm. uh, and immediately got a ton of grief, nasty articles about her and all of the, how dare you follow the law? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All of the nasty little Mm anti-choice blogs, uh, out there just wrote horrible things about her. Even called Mike DeWine, like a traitor. I was like, (laughs) the dude signed the six week ban. Like, are you? freaking kidding me no one likes mike dewine <laughs> right so i mean if if you were if you were stepping back from an impartial point of view it almost kind of looks like they got a lot of grief from mm-hmm. the antis uh and so now even though this pp swo thing doesn't affect patient care in any way no. shape or form and isn't a violation of any state law or rule they're holding PP Swo to the fire. Yeah, because it's an to easy way to with the yeah. antis. Oh, one hundred percent. Right. I mean, that's not a coincidence at so all. So your healthcare out there is being impacted by crap articles in anti-choice mm-hmm. blogs and websites. Yeah. So you should email the director of the Ohio Department of Health and tell her to grant a variance. To Planned Parenthood, Southwest Ohio, and protect abortion no matter, access. No matter how many doctors they have. Yes. <laughs> the law just requires one. You could also more. start your own pro-choice blog to counter all, all these little wieners. That's yes. a great idea. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, thanks to everybody at Planned Parenthood, Southwest Ohio, for yes. continuing to serve patients. You're awesome. To not get thrown by this garbage from the Ohio Department of Health. They're, they're, great. A, they're a great clinic, too. They really are. Yeah. They're a great group of people. Cool. Um, 
also another group of great people. Us, uh, we're a great group of people. Our, uh, our yeah. patient advocates program, uh, the participants recorded a new set of videos. Um, Ashley Underwood uh, in our office worked tirelessly to uh, keep that program moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, she basically created it and ran it. Um, and so now we have some really nice videos of the, the program participants. Um, I like patient advocates. What do you think of patient advocates? I think it was really interesting because it was a really great way to highlight all of their stories and really see what what the experience is like for a variety of different people. Like each story is individual and different and really to talk about abortion from this very patient-centered personal way. I haven't interacted with patients advocates very much. <laughs> They're all in Cleveland. They yes. should come to Columbus. <laughs> I do think it's really great that like we have been able to give them a lot of like training to turn them, you know, into advocates, yes. um, which a lot of them have used for like professional development. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the patients advocates is now on our staff. Yes. So Woo. I think it's really cool to work with these patients and yeah. do cool things and it's also a really amazing partnership so it's not just NARAL it's NARAL and preterm clinic in Cleveland which is why they're all up at Cleveland the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice Elena who's been on here a lot and also New Voices for Reproductive Justice so it's a really great group of organizations to to really help the patients to advocates learn how to advocate and to work through abortion stigma and to work through the religious issues because so much it's really interesting preterm has these journals in their waiting rooms and anybody can just pick them up so it can be the patient it can be the person sitting with the patient that day and so often when you pick it up, you know, the patient has written something like, I know this is the right decision for me. I know it's the right decision for my family. I need to protect the kids I already have, but I'm going to hell for this because that's the religious message that has been pushed into everyone's head that there's only one religious side of this. So to really involve Ohio RCRC in this to really work on the stigma and shame that comes from the religious right on this issue and to show that there are loving churches and ministries that don't tell you you are going to hell for having an abortion and support your decision um, and your free will on this is really important. So it's an awesome program. You should check out the videos. Yes, we'll put links to those. They're on our blog. Um, We'll put links to those in the show notes. Uh, okay, we got like four minutes left, three minutes left. What's happening in the event world, Kelly? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Right? All of the MELD events, all of them, uh, at least in Central and Southern Ohio, Tuesday, January 21st, come to the East and MELD. Hang out with me. Money comes back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> January 22nd, come to Dayton, technically Beaver Creek, come to MELD, give money. Back to Nero. I'm so tired. Uh, <laughs> January 23rd in uh, Short North Easton. Short North Melt. Good Lord. Uh, money goes back to Nero. And then that evening, there's going to be a uh, vigil that Fight for Her is putting on. Uh, awesome. So you guys can come to that and then come get grilled cheese because that's what really matters is grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, January 24th, come get tattooed at Evolved on Summit Street. Uh, and money comes back to Nero. <laughs> Uh, it's any tattoo, piercing, or merchandise that you mention NARAL, there will be money that comes back to us. So it's going to be a very, very busy day. They're open from like noon to 11. So 
come early or schedule an appointment. <laughs> and actually, awesome. if you come that day and um, are not able to get in that day, as long as you mention NARAL, they will schedule you for another day and the money will still come back to us. So they are awesome. They really are. <laughs> it's they're they're a great shop. It's huge. There's going to be like 12 artists. Like it's going to be a good time. Uh, and then the 25th, <laughs> just that entire week um, in the morning of the 25th, Ohio RCRC. And I think urge or who no who, who you're right are going to be doing care packages their abortion care packages and then around lunchtime urge um and maybe pp and another organization i don't know um are going to be doing a abortion speak out and then there's going to be a happy hour all in celebration of the roe v wade anniversary which is the 22nd of january and i think that's all i have <laughs> in january so far it's uh, all of yours yeah gabe is my am i missing anything of mine uh, uh nothing of yours that that that's plenty um, yeah i agree uh, also we're hiring an organizer please come help me <laughs> yes um the the last one that we got for you today is is probably the most not to you know take anything away from girls and tattoos <laughs> uh hannah servideo uh has been working with all of the bands in cleveland <laughs> January 18th at Mahal's, starting at uh, Doors Open, Mahal's. Uh, first band goes on stage at 5 p.m., and they're basically just going to play uh, all the way through the night. Um, Multiple stages all the way through the night. Yeah. <laughs> Tickets are only 12 bucks if you get them in advance, $14 at the door. Um, it's Row Yeah, a Midwest Fest to Protect Abortion featuring it's definitely gonna sell out. all of the bands. Absinthe Father, Equipment, Punch Drunk, Tagalongs, She, Her, Hers, Teamonade, Mung Beans, Slugfest, Frequents, Royal Beasts, Lawn Care, The Katie, or The Caddy, I think it's The Katie, uh, and Sure Machine. And Bitch Seat, right? I, I didn't see Bitch Seat on the list, but I don't know. Uh, there's a ton of bands. Uh, May Halls, um, all three rooms... 12 bucks if you buy tickets uh, in advance, all ages show. I'm going. It's going to be incredible. You got to go to this. So There's also going to be like a lot of tables you can interact with. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get registered to vote, you can. If you want to like go to a table and talk to somebody about their abortion, there's going to be an ask me about my abortion table. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a damn good time. Yeah. yeah. January 18th in Cleveland. Go to that. Be so. there. Okay. That was a lot. We all got to go back to work. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. What am I doing? I don't Do we need to take a picture? Uh, no, I've got one. All right. Look at this Sith Lord bathroom. <clears throat> Why? I don't know. My favorite group on Facebook now is uh, weird, hand, weird secondhand finds. <laughs> and that is one of them. <sighs> Thank you both. You're welcome. I go have my check-in with Rachel. And also simultaneously.